Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Listening to Hurt at Sports Radio. Ladies and gentlemen, the time has come to recognize the most decorated player in Creighton men's basketball history. Number three, Doug McDermott. Wrapping up hour number one here on Hurt at Sports Radio. I'm Ravi Lula. Andrew Rogers here with me. We are on AM 590. ESPN Omaha. We're also on ESPN Tri-Cities in central Nebraska. And we are, of course, on Twitter, YouTube, and Facebook as well. Wanted to switch gears a little bit here real quick before we talk to Mitch Sherman at 8 o'clock and talk real quickly about uh, some local college basketball last night. Uh, Nebraska and Creighton both uh, on the court yesterday. Mm -hmm. Uh, Nebraska... Snuck by. Escaped. A North Dakota team. Down 10 at half. Down 10 at half. Down 14 early in the second half. They were able to come back and win. I think the margin ended up being like 9 or something. I'll be honest. The final that. score was 83-75. Ooh, 8. I was close. Um, but Yeah, but if you were playing the prices right, you wouldn't have won. That's true. I went over. Shoot. Um, the price is wrong, Bob. <laughs> no, uh, that's not what he says. Oh, uh, that, that's the TV <laughs> version uh, or the radio version, as it were. Uh, so Nebraska is able to get a win. And, and listen, North Dakota is a, a real solid Summit League team. Uh, you probably would have liked to see them not fall behind by double digits the way they did, but um, came away with a victory, which is the most important part there. Uh, and then on the Creighton side of things, uh, obviously they played Villanova, had a really tough loss, which we can get into um, a little bit, but I, I did want to kind of start with the Doug McDermott uh, retirement. Uh, not retire. <laughs> Tell us about your goosebump moment. I mean, okay, so uh, Shane, go ahead and play the play his speech real quick. It's only about a minute. First thing I'd like to say is, Doug, you were right. I shouldn't have redshirted you your freshman year, so <laughs> it's time to come clean with that. But I just want to thank uh, Doug, you on behalf of our program and of your family. And also thank that group over there that was so instrumental to the success we had at that time. Wow. I'm speechless right now, guys. Um, I think you can hear the emotion in my, in my voice. Um, First off, thanks for drawing up all those plays for me, big guy. <laughs> and thanks for letting me shoot all the shots, guys. I appreciate it. <laughs> um, but really, man, I just I don't want to be long. Uh, I know we got a big game against Villanova tonight. Um, I really just want to thank my teammates, my family, every single person in this crowd for making this the best four years of my life. And uh, this will always be home to me. Thank you. You can take all the shots when you make all the shots. That's true, yeah. When you're, <laughs> when you're shooting the percentages that Doug did, it uh, makes it a lot easier 
to go ahead and, and let those shots go up. Um, yeah, so my, I guess my goosebumps moment, there was a couple for me kind of during that ceremony. They showed a, a video montage of some of his biggest shots and moments, and uh, so that was, you know, the shot against Providence where he hits his 3,000th career point was obviously one. Um, there's a game winner that he hit against St. John's his senior year. That was a big one as well. And then honestly just hearing him kind of get choked up a little bit the, where, the way he did there in that clip was a little bit of one for me too as well because I think, and I know I, I get this a lot, is I think people kind of view Doug as this like basketball robot where he doesn't really emote and he doesn't really like, you know, like it's it seems like that's he's basically just basketball all the time. He doesn't show a lot of emotion. He's very kind of like stoic and and sort of like stone faced. And to see him actually get uh, emotional about uh, coming back to Omaha and being back at the CHI Health Center was actually pretty cool. Um, just to see him, to to see the moment kind of hit him a little bit uh, because he was so. I mean, when he wasn't on the court actually playing, he was pretty uh, reserved. So that was super cool. Um, and then it was also really cool just to see all of his teammates there with him. Uh, you know, my personal fave, Ethan Rogge, was there. Uh, Jahens Managa was there from that team. I think Gibbs is coaching, so I don't think he could make it. But um, it was just really cool to see all of his teammates there to kind of support him and be there out for, be out there for him. Obviously, it would have been nice to get a win. Um, and so that Creighton wasn't able to do that there. Uh, but – it was honestly just a super cool moment to see kind of just relive that that period in Creighton history where, um, you know, I talked about earlier this week, like the 73-win Warriors is as much fun as I've ever had watching basketball um, in, in my life, even, you know, even though it didn't end the way I wanted it to. It was kind of the same thing with, with Doug McDermott's senior year. That team, watching them over the course of the season – is about as much fun as I've ever had watching basketball and being a sports fan, even though it didn't end the way I wanted it to. Just getting to see them perform on a night-in, night-out basis. I mean, the Rocky game against Villanova is still one of my favorite things that's ever happened as a sports fan. But no, going in night-in, night-out and just knowing, like, yeah, Doug's probably going to get 30 and it's not going to be that big of a deal. Like, he's the only guy in college basketball I've ever seen get a quiet 30, like on a regular basis. <laughs> right? Like, 30 in college basketball is a huge number, right? right? And just to see him go in on a night-in, night-out basis, and they were kind of going over some of his games, and they're like, yeah, he had 39 in this one. Oh, he had 39 in this one, too. Oh, he had 38 in this one. <laughs> it was just – he kept going down the list. And you're like, man, there were a lot of those. And they're like, oh, yeah, by the way, he scored 45 in his senior <laughs> game, whatever. Well, when you, when you uh, shoot 30 on the low end of your points, I mean, that's why it's quiet. <laughs> yeah, it was. And, you know, the, fun, the crazy thing about Doug is, you know, he kind of made the jokes about Coach Mack and about – drawing up the plays and about all the guys letting him take the shots. Literally the only time in his career I remember him feeling like, oh, he's shot hunting, was senior night, where he's like, yeah, I want to break the 3,000 at home. He needed like 34 or 38 points to get there. So it, it be the beginning of the game, you're like, oh, he's kind of looking for a shot a little bit. The rest of the time it was crazy. It never felt like he was like shot hunting, which for a guy that scores that much is – Super unusual. Yeah, you know, it's it's kind of like when you watch Caitlin Clark play, and I know they're two different, um, like, scales of player in mm -hmm. terms of, 
like Caitlin playing college basketball. It's like the best player in women's college basketball when Doug McDermott was playing. He's not the best player, but he's one of the best. But when you watch like how they play on the teams that they play on, you never look at Caitlin Clark and think she's shot hunting. Yeah, no, like not she, really. She creates for herself. Mm-hmm. She does a really nice job uh, with the ball in her hands to either get to the rack or, or pull up when she knows she's feeling comfortable to shoot. That's kind of like Doug McDermott in his role when he played. Like it was, yeah. he has a lot of great pieces around him. But you know when Doug has the basketball, it's just like, okay, like wherever he decides to pull up from, whether it's a three-point line, whether it's getting to the rack, whether it's a mid-range jumper, like I'm cool with the look because you know that that's a comfortable shot for Doug to take. Well, and you you trust his decision-making, and that is – And that's another big piece to that. Transitioning into what we saw last night, one of the things that I thought was really missing from Creighton yesterday was some of the decision-making – and by the officials or by well, both <laughs> because uh, with six seconds to go, there seemed to be some there weird, was, weird decision there, making uh, taking place at the scorers table. There was a lot of weird stuff going on all around. And I am by no means going to blame this loss on the officials. Creighton didn't play well enough to win. They had opportunities uh, to, to make game-winning plays, and they didn't. They had opportunities mm-hmm. yeah, to – Alexander had a, a drive at the end, an OT. That, Alexander, that's a layup he makes – We'll call it uh, 45 times out of 50. Sure, yeah. I mean, he makes it a ton. He, he had made it in overtime already. Uh, Shireman had a couple opportunities. He had a bunch of missed free throws. I think they missed five of their last seven free throws, including two front ends of a one-and-one, one, which is basically like missing seven out of your last nine free throws because you don't even get the opportunity on the second one there. Um, they, yeah, they, they, were, they were sloppy at times. The offense was super stagnant. But it felt like, and I know they run a different type of offense now than they did when, when Doug was there, but it felt like at different points in the game that either Trey or Baylor or uh, mostly those two, Ashworth to a certain extent, even Farabello some, where they were just kind of dribbling and playing ISO basketball and not really letting the game come to them, trying to force the issue. Now, Villanova deserves credit there because their defense was stifling. They played really, really good defense. But you saw moments where Creighton was moving the basketball and being a little bit more active on the offensive end where they got really good looks. They couldn't, for whatever reason, seem to tap into that consistently. Part of that's probably on them. Part of that's probably on Villanova. So I, I want to start there with, with the loss. Like I don't – because the, officia- the officiating was super weird, especially at the end of regulation. No, that's the only point I wanted to talk about the officiating was when they go to the scorer's table and it's, it's a clear shot clock violation yes. of Baylor Shireman. Yes, that. It should have been Villanova ball with six and a half seconds left. With six seconds to go, and I'm like, okay, well, if that's not the call, then it's clearly off of Miller if that ball touches the baseline. But the ball didn't touch touch the baseline. baseline. So then Miller saves it, and then it's a Baylor-Shireman game-winning three that's taken away. And then the next play, Trey Alexander gets the inbounds. He's going to the rack. Looks like he probably travels on his shot attempt because it didn't touch anything. And I'm like, did people just, like, swallow the whistle in this moment? Yeah, in a really weird weird way like it so basically they got it wrong at every turn whether it benefited benefited Creighton or whether it benefited UConn I don't understand a world in which Creighton got the ball back with 3.3 seconds like that's hilarious that didn't seem like a viable option (laughs) based on the things that had happened and so basically what it seemed like they decided was that it wasn't a shot clock violation which it certainly seemed like it was Mm -hmm. that the ball didn't go out of bounds which it didn't seem like it did and that 
the 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 three pointer by Baylor Shireman wasn't going to count because they had already decided the ball went out of bounds. And none of his three pointers counted yesterday. It's true. Uh, Ofer yesterday. That's which, he actually snapped a 58 game streak of making a three point shot. And you know the one that didn't count that would have been a game winner. He also had one at the very end that looked like it was going in. It just came up short. And that was just front iron. Uh, so Creighton fell obviously in overtime to Villanova, but. Despite that, still a really cool experience seeing Doug McDermott back in Omaha, getting his jersey retired. Uh, so even with the loss, it was a, a pretty cool night. And Creighton has some things to work on. Oh, absolutely. They absolutely do. Uh, coming up next, our guy Mitch Sherman from The Athletic here on Hernet Sports Radio.